It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. It's the Bit of glam rock here. What's uh, next? Boston. Uh, what are we going to go through that whole era? Kansas. Electric Light Orchestra. What? We're all on. What is this? The final countdown. That was when I was trying to set the record. You know, the Guinness Book uh, World Record of uh, in 96 hours of broadcasting. 32 of it was Curtis Lewis. That's over, man. That's over. Boy, yeah, dollar short and a day late here. Yeah, well, we don't. Look. We don't get the A team here on the set. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's, he's doing the best he can. Um, I, maybe he has an explanation. Christian, do you have an explanation for that choice? Does it have? Did it resonate in some way with you today? Oh, you huh? thought we would like it. This, we're a tough crowd. Oh my God! <laughs> the final countdown. Don't start with counts because you know my side says the elections are rigged. His side says oh they're fair and square. And now you're going to be talking about countdowns. Well, before we get into all of that, something that universally affects Republicans, Democrats, independents, apoliticals, is extreme weather. I know it's affecting my wife and I saw others because they live right on the lip of Central Park sneezing up a storm. We're talking intense pollen. Intense pollen. I don't know if you've ever had that problem before. Yeah, we get it. Jordan gets it. I get it a little bit. This has been crazy. Like right, right outside our studio, the cherry blossoms are up like they're early now because they're, they're probably disoriented by the weather. Yeah. And if you're uh, thinking of heading down to Florida, like so many continue to do, it's flooded there in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Dade County there, right? <laughs> by the way, speaking of what, Broward, look, excuse me, Broward. look what's going on in the hills above California and Utah. Yes. There's so much snowpack there that's about to start melting. Well, we watch at our home. Nancy is riveted on this eagle's nest in San Bernardino County. They never had this kind of snowfall where it's got a, a, a video cam on it 24 oh, hours, yeah. and there's so much snow at times that it buries the eagles as they're trying to keep their eggs warm. And it is an incredible thing to, to see because I've been through that area. Okay, you'd have occasional snow, occasional rain. But, I mean, we're talking tsunamis here. There's extreme weather Everywhere you so look. here's so it's funny thing. I had this conversation with Jordan the other day. I'm walking to school with him, and I say to him, "Oh, isn't this weather great?" He's like, "No, it's terrible." I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, "Global warming, Dad." I'm like, "Yeah, but can I enjoy the fact that it's nice when it's been so cold?" He says, "Yes, but what does it mean? It means bad." It's like he's so bummed out about it. I'm like, "Kid, snap out of it." Yeah, it's global. I'm sure it is bad, but I I am a warm weather guy. I you know this week I said it more than a few times. I get why people retire to Florida. Because just having warm, sunny weather sure beats the alternative. Well, can, we can agree uh, that uh, for pollen sufferers, this is not yeah, a good thing. I agree. And yeah. brush fires, you know, everywhere, not a good thing, right? Because that, that area, they're dry. And you say to yourself, you look all over the place, extraordinary extreme weather. Going back and forth, you have some who say absolutely no global warming climate change. I believe there is. So, um Amongst Republicans or those of that belief system, you know, they, they're deniers when it comes to that. I say, hey, 
really look all over the world. If you're a world traveler and you've been to some of these places, you'll know something's happening out there, and it's not simply because it's a natural site. Yeah, and and I wonder. I tell you the and the 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 Clarinex and all these different Flonase, That industry must be doing great this week because with the change. Um, you get this kind of, you get a lot of pollen. Yeah, well, I'm afraid because my wife has severe allergies and she's crying out there and people will think that maybe I yelled at her or there was some kind of domestic what, situation. What, is she, she allergic to cat dander? No, not yeah, at all. I am, I am. Oh, yeah. well, so I, so I had cats all those years and I just would medicate because the idea of getting rid of the cats never crossed my oh, mind. Well, I we, we have six brand new yeah, kittens yep, that yep, came yep. into the world with whiskers who Nancy rescued from the animal care and control I heard shelter. About it. We'd be more than have, yes, happy sure. to have you have some of these kittens and you'd be sneezing your head off. Yeah, no, I, 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 I suffered when I had shock and my teeth, my, uh, my two cats. I suffered with it, but um, but yes, yeah, I, I haven't uh, I haven't dealt. With it. But now, like Jordan has a regular, he has to take um, Zyrtec every day, yes. just kind of as a maintenance thing. And then on, on, on weeks like this, then uh, then he's, he's sniffling around the clock. Yeah, man, I never I never had that. It's one of the few things I've never had. Yeah. Thank God I've never had that. But anyway, let's talk about people suffering here in the tri-state area because this week, George Santos. It's going to be re- launching his re-election campaign. I, I have no idea who he's going to attract to this uh, event. I can't imagine it's Oh, he's outdoors. having an event? I would think so. Uh, a kickoff uh, campaign. So he's running to win it, 3rd Congressional District. As I predicted, remember Anthony Weiner, although everybody of the, the insides would tell me, no, Swazi's had it. He's going into the private sector. I said, private sector? What do you mean, the private sector? That seat is made for him to come back as a Mashiach, the Savior. I'm Tom Swartz. You know me, right? I'm going to save this district. And any other Republicans who run in a primary, and I hope they do against George Santos, they are going to be tarred and feathered with the image of George Santos like everybody else who's running for re-election. So this majority in the House, it's really due to New York's contribution, all these additional Republicans unexpected, is now in jeopardy because... Not only are your peeps spending like forty million in these congressional races, they're raising more money, and now this guy announces for re-election. It's almost as if you think the Democrats are saying, "George, run, George." Well, but he's George. he is probably you would have better insight to this than I, but he's probably going to lose in a primary. Oh, he'll get destroyed, right? So he'll lose in a primary. And uh, look, the other thing that's going on in the in the back, you know, there's a new chief justice of the state supreme court that has been agreed upon, apparently. There is talk among Democrats. You know, I I had a whole show about this last week about when single party rule makes people piggish. The Democrats are talking about redrawing the lines yeah. again. Generis, generis again. And that's all. That's that is. I'm not sure if it's unheard of to do it. I mean, sometimes you have it because a court says you did it the first time wrong. But to say, oh, we screwed it up. It went to a special master who drew lines that we didn't like. Now we're going to take it back and redraw again. I don't know how I feel about this, but the combination of all of this is once again New York in 2024 is going to be in the middle of it when it comes to the the control of the House of Representatives. That's why probably why Swazi's thinking about getting back in, because he can see a very real path to being in the majority oh, party. There's no doubt. He, he wouldn't even have to run. All he'd have to do is do one mailer, I'm back, I'm the Mashiach, I'm going to save you from all this Mishigash. You know me, I'm Tom Swazi. Yeah, I mean, he is, I mean, one, if you had, 
one word association with Tom Suozzi, I think both of us would say ambition. Like that's, he's always wanted to be more than where he was. He, when he was Suffolk County legislature, he wanted to be governor. When he got beaten by Spitzer, he still wanted it. He lost to Hochul. I think he still would rather you know, be something else. You know else. the backstory. So Suozzi decides, you know, my father was the judge. Everybody knows me. I'm on my way to becoming governor of the state of New York. One problem, Elliot Spitzer and his daddy's money, uh, who actually at one point thought he would be the first Jewish American president of the United States after he went down to Wall Street and roughed them up as the state attorney general. So they're battling one another, and you know what it's like, internal polls. The polls are overwhelming. Spitzer is killing Swazi, but Swazi is holding out all hope. You know, he's omnipotent, he's pretentious, he is all of those things and more. And the Spitzer camp says, look, why knock yourself out? Why don't you just become the lieutenant governor candidate? No, I'm going to take you out as governor, right? He got killed. And that's how he ended up with my husband-in-law, David Patterson. Yeah, yeah who all of a sudden is doing ribbon cuttings as lieutenant governor, one morning wakes up, here's a phone call, Governor Patterson. He goes, what the hell happened? <laughs> he said, well, Elliot Spitzer decided he wasn't going to do federal time, so he exited. You're the governor. Swazi would have been the governor. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's an excellent way to put it. I mean, if, if you look at Swazi never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Exactly. <laughs> so he uh, and And so the idea that... He's going to default back to the third district makes a certain amount of sense. But, you know, we've talked about it before. You would think with how easy it would be, a Democrat and a Republican would get together, put a motion on the floor to kick out Santos. It's the Democrats that don't no, want to do it. No, they want him in and perpetuate. We want him around. And, and our friend, oh, no, your friend, Peter King, congressman uh, of Nassau County and the Nassau County GOP, I hold him responsible for George Santos being there because, remember, Everybody says, how the hell did he pull this off? He gave a $185,000 donation to the Nassau County GOP. They had no other candidate. So they basically said, hey, you know what? He's not going to win anyway. Well, yeah. And he won. Yeah, but that was the second line. Their first line out of Nassau was, it was the Queens guys. The yeah, Queens yeah. guys. And they're like, we don't know this guy. Don't, Tony the Forest and Tony go, what are you talking about? We got one tenth of the district. You think that the Nassau County GOP is going to take our recommendation when we only represent 10% of the district? Uh, by the way, I, I, I think there is a, a greater than zero chance that Santos doesn't run. I mean, he almost has no choice but to try to let people know, to do anything he can to box people out now because once he's in a busy, and I saw some 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 punditry in the paper. Oh, if there's a busy primary, he has a chance to prevail. Oh, look, he loves this. Right, even all, though he's going to crash and burn, he loves all the attention. Also, also, Republicans are dumb, but they're not stupid. They're not going to have five of their candidates. They'll work out something so they figure out one person to go up against him in the primary. He will be done, and then I think the Democrats win it back in twenty four with the with with the president at the top of the ticket. By the way. Uh as much as I bash Peter King out there in Nassau County, and boy, what a great battle he had with Sid Rosenberg Friday morning. I heard, I heard. That was so good because, you know, he's Mr. Intelligence Committee. Uh, Peter King served many, many years. He wants this guy locked up forever. I don't know if he wants to take the firing squad out on uh, Teixeira, the 21-year-old uh, National Guardsman in Massachusetts. My first response is, is he related to Mark Teixeira? You remember, great first baseman. Doesn't look that New way. New York Yankees, five gold gloves, 400 home runs. I think Teixeira swings a bat bigger than this kid. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, here's Peter King railing away and Sid going back at him. And it was some of the greatest talk radio ever. That's the way talk radio should be. And at the end... They were respectful. 
Peter King says to sit, have a good Chavez, uh, stir the uh, yeah, kosher yeah. chicken, and to be continued. But it just pointed out the fact that many people, like Sid, like myself, I don't know so much yourself, Anthony. We don't trust the government no matter who's there. So this idea that you come to us, you testify behind closed doors, we'll protect you, we'll give you anonymity. And then all of a sudden you're found in your basement apartment, right, having put your tie on, your armrest ties to go testify, and you're hanging there from one of the pipes that run on top of the ceiling. No, 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 no. I don't trust anyone. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, uh, you know, just the show I just did about we keep all these secrets, all these government agencies that have it in their interest to keep secrets. Who are they keeping the secrets from? You and me. Right. And so we all race now when there's someone who leaks in and we say, let's throw the book at them. Let's throw the book at them. But don't we all kind of agree if you have like 50 million documents every year that are being top secret? We have thousands of people that have access to these top secret clearances. I made the example when I was in Congress, if there was something that was secret, you had to go to a special room to look at it, read about it. You know who you can talk to after you've had that briefing? Nobody. You can't tell your constituents. You can't tell a reporter. You can't even mention on the floor of Congress. It's the way that they shut you up. So I, I think that there is a lot about the way. And no one and, – and someone like Peter, who is part of that, Peter King, who is part of – is the chairman of the, of the Homeland Security Committee. who's on the Intelligence Committee. They love all this secret stuff. But what, how does it benefit the rest well, of us? we must give credit where credit is due. Uh, the Good Friday Accords were celebrated at first with President Biden going over to Northern Ireland and then Ireland, and the Clintons, I believe, are going over this week. Who, who was there with them? Uh, with the Clintons? Yeah. I think it's uh, Bill. That's no, no, I'm saying Huma, my, my uh, oh, yeah, the, no, the, the mother sorry. of Jordan. I, I thought you said who was there yeah. with them. It's an Abbott and Costello routine. <laughs> so uh, Peter King, as much as I used to uh, slap him around, pimp slap him, that he was the prime minister of Northern Ireland, you know, supporter of the Shin Fen, supporter of the IRA, uh, supporter of Jerry Adams. I think that's why he loves Eric Adams so much, because when he's half in the bag, he thinks he's black Irish, and he goes up to the stage, he embraces Eric Adams, and he thinks it's, it's Jerry Adams <laughs> of the IRA. But the point being is, he did a magnificent job to put that accord all back together again. People don't realize like Humpty Dumpty, it had fallen all apart. This crazy Protestant, Ian Paisley, the most whacked-out guy in the world, who went onto the floor of the European Parliament when Pope John Paul was speaking to them, and he's holding up a big sign, you're the Antichrist, yeah. you're the Antichrist, death to Catholics. This is the guy who was on the other side. And I got to tell you, Peter King does not get the credit that he deservedly should get, because... He was the go-to in-between guy between the Sinn Féin, the IRA, and keeping them all together on board. As you know, then President Bill Clinton said, uh, George Mitchell uh, of of U.S. Senate of Maine to negotiate this. Tony Blair needs to get some credit, too, because he was at the table. I never hear his uh, name mentioned at all. And they came up with a piece. Now, they're all saying, well, it's fraying. It's not. Man, it is 10,000 times better than what existed before. And uh, I, as the main critic of Peter King here, just want to applaud his constant nonstop efforts to keep that peace accord going. You're not really a critic of Peter King. Yes, I am. Because he always says, oh, I graduated from Brooklyn Prep to Jesuit High School, and they kicked Curtis Sliwa out. We've been at war ever since. Who would have thought in Wiener and Sliwa it would be you who has the problem with Peter King after my years of fighting with him? Exactly. And not only that, but the fact is that justice was done 
when George Santos on opening day for the Mets when they were in I think uh, the, over at the Bruku right or no they were uh, playing the Marlins in Miami. He does a video with a throwback. Do we have that back there, Christian? Let's hear that. Oh, my God. Hey, guys. Today is opening day. As a good old Mets fan, I know you guys aren't going to be playing until April 6th back home, but in good old fashion, let's go Mets. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh God. Oh, for the love of God. Oh, God. And and you're a hardcore Mets fan. Sid, hardcore Mets fan. Obviously, Bernard McGurk no longer with us, hardcore Mets fan. And Peter King. The biggest Met fan of all. You imagine how he must feel when people say, hey, Peter, thanks. Thanks for giving us this guy who's pimping off the Mets now. So the incumbent congressman from Nassau County has a kickoff. Peter King going to be there? Uh, no, the Republicans are advocating <laughs> that he leave. He leave now. It ain't going to happen. This guy is enjoying the attention. He is the bell of the ball in so many ways. Remember, for three years of his life in Brazil, he went to... So many drag queen contests, of which there are many, and they all focus on their once-a-year Carnival in Rio de Janeiro. They actually have a float where whoever wins the vote of the many different uh, communities between Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, they get to be the drag queen of the annual Carnival. He tried three different years. He was always runner-up, way down the line. But hell, maybe maybe he'll show up in drag and announce that he's running for re-election. I mean, can, you've never seen anything like this. this is, it, it is pretty crazy, and he won't go away. He won't recede from the headlines at all. He's take. I just have no idea who he's taking advice from. But anyway, it, it, himself. Uh, let's face yeah. it. He has a divining rod that says it's all about George Santos. Up next, we got to talk about uh, the Jordan hearing at the Jacob Javits Center. And why, oh, why, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a C-SPAN junkie, but I've seen, and you were featured on C-SPAN many years when you were in the house, with all their different channels, why they've determined at the last second that they're not going to carry the Jordan hearings so that people can see for themselves, because most people never have an opportunity to get inside. Maybe you can explain that, because I thought, we fund that. I thought we fund C-SPAN. Well, we don't know, but, but and, and why they're, how about, there's so many questions. Why are they at the Javits Center? Why are they coming? All of it. I, but let's let's talk about because it. Because it's the named break. after a Republican. I mean, it's like <laughs> one of the few places any longer named after a Republican. Right here, left versus right. Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Lear, exclusively here on WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. What is uh, Van Halen going to perform at the Jacob Javits Center? Here is that why you're playing this? I don't know how he conflates this music. You know, I don't. You confuse the word conflate a lot, but it it could be. I'm open to this possibility that Christian just has lousy taste in music. Yeah, it could yeah. just have nothing more than that. Like but most people around here at WABC, including James Golden, a.k.a. James Golden is excellent. What are you talking about? James Golden has excellent taste in music. Oh, look. He tries to be Frankie Crocker. I knew Frankie Crocker at WBLS. He's no Frankie Crocker. Vaughn Harper of the Quiet Storm. He's no Vaughn Harper. I knew Vaughn Harper. But anyway, I digress. So let's look at this. The key story. In fact, I've done an interview with uh, Bill Ritter that will air tomorrow on Channel 7. It's their Sunday program. 
I think with the Congressman Goldman, I'm not opposite him, but the brand-new congressman yes. that uh, you would have been running against if you took my advice and <laughs> John right. Katsimatidis' advice to primary him, uh, Mr. Uh, Daddy Warbucks there. I would have beaten him like a rented mule. I would have. And I think him. he was complaining. I couldn't hear the t- in- entire interview because he was on, um, uh, I think, Skype. Uh, and he wanted to be on the committee. He wanted to be an equal on the committee. I don't have a problem. I want Democrats, Republicans on that committee. I want them all to be heard. Those like Jerry Nadler, who used to be uh, the head of the Judicial Committee, who's gone on record as saying, oh, this idea that there's crime in New York City, was what an exaggeration, that we got a crime problem. I want to hear both sides. I don't know if that's what's going to happen with Jim Jordan's committee. I do know that he's not having any politicians come in, thank God. Because, you know, every Republican who's either running for office or in office, you I know. I thought they said uh, Councilman Go- uh, Holden was going to testify. Well, if that is, that's good because yeah. he's a Democrat. Uh, but also he's running as a Republican. Uh, but I'm not sure of anybody else. Uh, but what he is doing, he's having people, uh, high-profile people, who were crime victims or their family uh, were victims of crime in the borough of Manhattan, right. all under Bragg. Right. The, the key one being Jose Alba. We've never heard from him. Uh, Jose Alba never did an interview that I'm aware of, and then, remember, decided, I'm not living in Manhattan any longer. I'm going to the DR, Santo Domingo. And we figured, that's it. He's back in the DR. I don't know how he's going to testify, whether it's on Zoom with a translator. I know his English isn't the best. Uh, and then they have black mothers who live in Manhattan, whose sons were the victims of gun violence, not happy the way Bragg's office handled it. And, yes, one of your peeps, brand new to the committee, the victim of that anti-Semitic threat, remember, that uh, was hatched Mm -hmm. by one guy who was Jewish, but the main leader, apparently a Gentile, I think, from Long Island, out of Huntington Station, he's not happy the way Bragg handled it. I think this is brilliant. Keep the politicians out of it. Just go to crime victims. If you're here to hear about what Alvin Bragg is doing at the Manhattan DA, fine. And why C-SPAN with all of its channels? I mean, there's so much on C-SPAN that, let's face it, nobody else would cover. And if you're into what government does, it's it's great. You know, you get a chance to see it without necessarily being there. But for the last minute, they decided they're not going to carry the hearings. And as much as I know, I used to see you. Speaking in the well of the house, just like your colleagues, nobody is there. You, you know, it's almost like the place is shut down. But so that people could see what yeah. position you had, your constituents could see it. I thought it was a government-funded uh, thing. So it's, here, here's what it is. For, uh, let's talk about the C-SPAN thing briefly, but I want to talk about the guts of it, which is this hearing. C-SPAN is, is funded by cable companies. They all contribute to C-SPAN, and then they go kind of operate as a quasi nonprofit. That your cable—that's why C-SPAN is not on non-cable. I think it's only on cable. It's not on Dish and things like that. But let me just say—you know—I think the Democrats are handling this all wrong. This is a hearing about Bragg, right? Yes. Why are they doing a hearing about Bragg? Because a criminal has been charged here in the in Manhattan called Donald Trump. Oh. If Jim Jordan wants to have a conversation about that, if I were the Democrats, it. Yeah, let's talk about the criminals that would get charged here in Manhattan and how we think they should be charged. And just every single Democrat that opens his mouth should be about the case against Donald Trump, about paying off street, uh, 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 porn stars, about lying about how much your company is worth, about all these different things. If that's what Jordan is coming here to kind of exact revenge on Bragg, that would be the strategy to do it. But I'm going to ask you, you a question because you're a smart guy. 
Since when do Republicans, who are these federalists, believe that the federal government should come into localities and tell them how to write local laws, to tell them how to enforce local laws? What happened to small government? What happened to staying off our back? I mean, are we going to start doing this? We, we all the time, if we would have the idea of having education policy coming from Washington, never in a million years would Democrats and Republicans let that happen. Do you know the criminal laws that all these people are being charged under? They're not federal laws. They're state and local laws. If you believe in the Tenth Amendment, do we even know what the Tenth Amendment is? Christian knows what it is. Any rights not enumerated for the federal government belong to the states and their people. That's Boy, us. You're giving Christian a hell of a lot more credit. You can't even pick the right kind of no, song to it's enter. It's because into a I know I know these guys that have very little part of their brain for music. There's a lot of gray matter focused on uh, something else. So with him, it's Dungeons and Dragons but, and the Constitution. But you know this better than anybody because you used to be a master of getting attention. Is that you're coming into the media capital of the world, New York? You're Jim Jordan, who never puts his jacket on. You're always flexing. Yeah, yeah. You're roided up. You're doing it in the Jacob Javits Center, which is I don't get that a state facility, uh, and you're calling in crime victims. Which let's face it, I don't care where you are. It's kind of hard to say they shouldn't be heard. Because all of I'm them, with you. You're, you're saying that more people should. I think that they're going to get plenty of plenty of coverage. Like if you're at the assignment desk here at 77 Talk Radio, you send Noam Layton over there. You send someone because you think it's news. I agree. I actually do think it's news. I do think it's news. And uh, by the way, th- but I'm just saying that the Democrats' way of handling this, oh, our crime isn't so bad, it's worse yeah, in well, Ohio. That, that makes no sense. I, I just think that, ta- no, I, I agree it's true, but tactically speaking, it, they're doing this to run interference for Trump. So, say no. You want to call attention t- to brag? Fine. Let's read the indictment. Let's talk about who's in the indictment. Let's talk about what went down in this indictment. Let's talk about what he was found guilty of. Let's talk about Trump University. Let's talk about him the other investigations. They don't want to participate in this hearing. Which is a mistake. Yes. uh, You and I both agree. Which is a mistake. It's a forum for both sides to be heard. I think, I think, look, there are times that you say, I'm not going to engage in this conversation with you. But tactically, look, look at when, when the Democrats were, were participating in the Twitter hearings and the Hunter Biden hearings and everything else, they did a good job at punching back. That's what I think I would do. And the idea of putting, by the way, in the, in the Javits Center, the most kind of, kind of, you know, uh, what would be the word for it? The, the, the sterile environment imaginable. If you want to do it, do it, you know, do it in a rec center up in Harlem or something like that. You know, if you really want to show that you care, Let's do that. Not in the in the yeah, Javits I'm, Center. I'm so happy, uh, Anthony. We, you're not giving advice to Congressman uh, Jordan. Let's go up maybe to the Armory in Harlem and ah, do it right there. Excellent. No, no, I, no. Do it at the National Action Network. <laughs> First off, it's a perfect location. Last stop in the number seven train. It's not a lot of congestion there because let's face it, in the Hudson Yards. It's a ghost town now. It's like the catacombs. So you walk over there. You go in the hearings. You're tired of the hearings because there's a lot of stuff that will be of little interest. And then you go over and walk to the West Side Highway. It's beautiful. Right. By the way, that seven escalator on the, on the far west yeah. side, that last stop, yeah, is quite yeah. the thing to see. So it gives everyone, <laughs> and also security-wise, because let's face it, there could be a lot of crackpots and screwballs there from both sides. Uh, and you want to be able to provide public safety for everybody. But I think the best thing here is, is that for the Republicans, the majority of those testifying are people of color. And Alvin Bragg has already said, he's gone on record, I welcome uh, the chairman here because he's coming to the safest big city in America. Okay, then make those arguments. 
The mayor should appear. He's the highest elected official in New York City. He won't appear. Engage them. What are you afraid of? No, no, no. You, they, they want to talk about this ridiculous idea that the federal government should oversee brag, which they can't. By the way, how's that subpoena working out for you, uh, Jim Jordan? You are one court order away from getting uh, from being slapped with uh, uh, an obstruction of justice charge yourself. No, don't engage in that. That's silly. But if you want, we, I say exact some pain. Make Donald Trump turn on the TV and see the Jim Jordan hearings becoming half about Jose Alva and half about Donald Trump. I think he would love that because this is uh, a strong card that he plays in the deck. Remember, he's got a lot of legal situations that have come down the pipe. And some of them, then it's not like the Bragg situation where he is clearly the victim. You have the case where he's being charged with rape. You have the seven hours of defamation he went through with A.G. uh, Letitia James. I have no idea what he said. Having been through depositions, you're you're doing a a careful dance. You know, you're doing the you're doing the Moscow. When when were you when were you deposed? Oh, a number of times. Oh, yeah. Uh, When I was being sued uh, by the imam. uh, from Bed-Stuy, who claimed that, uh, you know, I was anti-Muslim. I was talking about uh, they were running guns through the mosque. and then, Oh, it was a defamation case. A def- oh, yeah. They, uh, they uh, uh, cross-examined me for hours. And, you know, you answer what you can. There's other things. But don't you just say, I was just kidding. I'm an opinion guy who does opinions. That's, no. They don't take it so seriously. No, no, yeah. no. The best thing was uh, when they called the guys on who testified against me before jury, it was jury nullification. The six... Uh, uh, jurors and the alternates, because there are only six in a civil case, uh, in Brooklyn State Supreme Court, they looked at me right away and I knew it was over. You know, there is ju- jury nullification. I, I truly believe that. You could tell from the jurors. There was no way they were going to convict me at all. And basically, you know, they listened to the testimony. Two seconds after they were going to break for the Columbus Day weekend, hold on a second, the jury has a decision. I had a migraine headache. The, the imam is suing me for like $6 million personally. Yeah. Jury came back innocent on all counts. Have a good Columbus Day. We're out of here. Yeah, yeah. And you see, but that's the process. I think the more that Trump is uh, pitted against Alvin Bragg, this helps Donald Trump. All these other cases, it really gets bogged down in the weeds. I think the Alvin Bragg case. It could be, except here's the other side of that coin. And this is, this is a counterfactual because I don't think the Democrats are going to do this. Anything that becomes Trump become gobbles up the oxygen of anything else so i think jim jordan keeping this on message when it's a fight about trump because remember his members jordan's members are going to have to leap to the defend of, of donald trump i think uh, tactically that's what i would do i would i would you want to talk about crooks and criminals in, in manhattan we got one for you yeah but i gotta tell you uh, all the republicans and even some democrats uh not as publicly are saying boy this is not the best case against donald no trump. i know but when they're called to publicly donald trump watches everybody and says how come you didn't stand up for me and that kind of stuff well he won't be able to do it on c-span that's a good, for point. Some reason. good up, point up next we got to go back to spy boy or what they call the geek leaker. <clears throat> and I want to make a comparison to the uh, private 13 years before downloaded 750,000 documents. We said it would never happen again. Private Manning reporting for duty. I really don't want to be here. I have gender dysphoria. Dresses up as a woman. Sends pictures to his commander. You know, like Klinger. Remember Corporal yeah, Klinger, Klinger? Section 8. Right, and Madge. <laughs> nope. You're stuck here. <laughs> And guess what? 750,000 documents later. And get we learned a hell of a lot about our government. This is true. 
what our government didn't want us, the taxpayers, to know. And in these initial documents uh, that we've seen from Teixeira, we're learning things about our government. It's like, whoa, no wonder why. Hey, how come you didn't let us know this and this and this and this and this? You don't want to go anywhere. It's Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Lee, we're left versus right. Remember, warming up in the uh, bullpen. Bob Astorino will take you to four to five, and then the entertainment cycle begins all here in your place to be WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Well done. Well done. You think so? Well done. Smooth criminal, yeah. Yeah, well done. Go far to you. Anyway, let's get right into this. Let's compare side by side this 21-year-old Massachusetts National Guardsman to Shara. To Private Manning, who, uh, when he uh, joined the United States Army, was Bradley and then went through transition, Chelsea. Uh, and you would have thought that Chelsea was the worst criminal ever, worst espionage ever committed uh, I remember everyone was getting hysterical, 750,000 classified and unclassified documents dropped, WikiLeaks. Uh, this is going to cause soldiers to die, snitches to get killed, our enemies. And then at the military tribunal, when uh, Manning eventually ended up getting 35 years, although I think he only did about seven years before Obama pardoned him in Leavenworth, they acquitted him of aiding the enemy or causing any potential problems for our troops. So it's a lot of this mishigash. And I heard it with the new Jack Congressman Lawler yesterday with Sid, and then followed by the veteran of the Intelligence Committee, Peter King. You know, life in prison without parole. Put him up against, you know, the firing squad. This is the worst trade that I'm saying. Well, what did we learn? Oh, the Egyptian totalitarian dictator that we support, Sassi, whatever the hell his name is, General Sassi, we get billions of dollars to, oh, he was going to be selling missiles to the Russians, and we were aware of that? Hmm. And then, also, the Red Chinese had floated four balloons over the United States that they named after American gangsters. When were we going to be told about this? Oh, no. We can't afford to let the people know. So although I don't want to pat this guy on the back and say, hey, you're a whistleblower like Daniel Ellsberg was at the Pentagon Papers, the fact is we learn things that, again, we spy more often on our allies, they spy on us, and collectively we spy on our so-called enemies. I think, look. Let me just say both, like you said in the introduction perfectly, we can be both things. We can both be convinced that this guy did the wrong thing. He signed an oath that he wouldn't do it. He was sloppy. He was careless and everything else. And also say, why are these things secret after all? If we found out that one of the spy balloons was named after Carmine Gambino, would that would that be the worst thing? Like, Why are you keeping that a secret <laughs> from us? Like, who who really cares? Um, I mean, there there is... There is this other possibility that you should be open to, that this is all baloney, that who knows if this is not counter, counter, counter espionage. We're constantly being told things that are not true by the intelligence community. We're constantly being told things that are willfully wrong, that are lies. Like they lied to me in the map room of the White House about the uh, about what was going on with Saddam Hussein. And there's also this other thing. 
once they catch one of these guys, they're so embarrassed that they always exaggerate beyond belief about how bad this was, that it was a one-off, that it was the worst thing. Look, Jonathan Pollard was a similar case because it was such an embarrassing thing for them that they throw the book at this guy and they make up all kinds of stories, call him the worst, you know, the worst since, since I don't know who was the guy before. He, the stuff that they had was all dated. It was Hari, it, Hari. I mean, and so I think, so I think you've got it. And the other thing is they go and they brief members of Congress. Now, Lawler's new, so I give him a pass. He's, yeah, new Jack. And they tell him, this is terrible. This is a, a violation. There's whatever it is. And he goes back and parrots these things. When, in fact, he's going to learn with some experience. These guys always say that it's the worst thing in the world. They never accept any responsibility. And the one thing that we, you know, we have no, a lot of this stuff could be very damaging to the Ukraine war effort, if it turns out to be true. But I am not beyond, beyond believing, if someone tells me that some of this is counterintelligence also, some of this is is smoke and mirrors. Um, but I think, you know, your analogy is a little bit off. And this kid, he didn't, he wasn't trying to do any, he wasn't trying to do anything overtly, unless we we learn more about this. It sounds like he did what twenty one year old geeky kids do. They try to impress their pals. Well, we never have enough intelligence analysts. The the military will let you know. The younger people are more uh, adept, equipped to do this than people of my generation, even your generation, Anthony, because they've grown up with computers. They've grown up dealing with the worldwide Internet and all of its dark sides and their hackers. You look, major Fortune 500 companies, who do they hire? Hackers, teenage hackers, to tell them how to prevent themselves to put up the firewalls. I think one of the media outlets actually used a 19-year-old hacker to track this guy down first. Yeah, and in the New York Times and the Washington Post, by just looking at the pictures, here's what I think is going to wind up happening with this. Remember, he had printed out things that were somewhat crumpled on a on a table. So I would not be at all surprised if this guy went into May. He's, remember, he's an IT repair guy. He goes into a place where there might have been a burn bag, and he just reached into the burn bag and pulled out some stuff. And I mean, what are you gonna, what are you supposed to do in these circumstances? But one, I don't know. I I have well, to let's, say, well, let's look at the probably one of the more infamous situations. Edward Snowden came forward as a whistleblower, said, I was subcontracted as a consultant for the National Security Agency to spy on Americans. And then remember at the time, head of the National Security Agency. Wait a minute, he was subcontracted to spy on Americans? Was yes, that the- by the National Security Agency. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. Yeah, And he said this is going on on a regular basis. Clapper goes before Senate uh, subcommittee, congressional sub. It's a lie. We don't spy on the American people. Right. Then we find out it's absolutely true. They spy on us as much as they spy on our fiends and foes, which I always accepted, especially the CIA. To me, it's they're like criminals in action. Uh, There's no oversight. It's a rogue operation. They have an open checkbook. Daniel Patrick Moynihan years and years ago said, "Man, we got to." We got to fold this operation there. No checks and balances, no control. So anyway, he says that, and Edward Snowden gets driven out. So who embraces him? Our enemy, right? Putin says, "Look, they're they're gonna they're gonna put you at Leavenworth. You you told it. You come over here to Moscow. We got a lot of Moscovite women that we can offer to you pleasures, money." And then all of a sudden, he's on their side. I mean, it goes on and on. But Manning is the classic case because Manning not only got out at Leavenworth. Ended up running in the Democratic primary, remember, for the U.S. Senate in Maryland. Uh, he's now, or at least was, dating one of Elon Musk's, uh, the mothers of his children. It's sort of like, 
that person that we thought triple life without parole, firing squad. We got Hinckley walking around doing concerts who almost killed Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I mean, you're mixing a lot of things in here, but the, the, it's, it's true. In one case, Snowden, though, is a particular case because he made no effort to go through the regular chain of command to do any kind of whistleblowing, per se. He immediately went and basically dumped these into the hands of, of people who shouldn't have them. But it's – are we going to accept any responsibility for the fact that too much is secret – any responsibility for the fact that over 2,000 people in the federal government have the ability to put a stamp on something that's secret? Put any any idea that when you have that many documents swimming around, is it a wonder that it shows up in Joe Biden's garage? Is it a wonder it shows up in, in, in the Manhattan? Well, there's the other thing. This guy is a Manhattan, Manhattan, a Massachusetts Air National Guard IT guy. Imagine how many people have this stuff coursing through their jobs that are out there, it is out of control, and I know we want to blame this kid, and he's going to get some blame, he's going to get thrown into prison, I get it, but there is no self-awareness on the part of people like Lawler and King and these other members of Congress that, hey, you know, the truth lies not in our stars, but in ourselves, maybe stop having so many secrets from the American people. Yeah, but also the whole idea that you can come in, you can talk to us, you know, the hearing is closed, we're going to protect you, you're anonymous, and all that, I'm like... Yo, man, uh, you ever see Scandal with Kerry Washington? All of a sudden, the guy is stabbed 36 times with a big pen in the back of a car that he had previously been driving after he testified. Are you out of your mind? Well, the, 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 the whistleblowing protections largely worked in the case against Donald Trump where he was impeached for the second time or for the first time. I mean, in that, in that case, someone overheard something, went to his boss, was treated as a whistleblower, and I, I don't think to this day we found – I mean, maybe we do know it finally – who it was. I think, look, having whistleblower protection is an important thing, I, I think. Yeah, but you know, whistleblowers mostly always get screwed. True. Uh, not only that, once they blow the whistle and it turns out that they were right and everyone else was wrong, Daniel Ellsberg, the perfect example. Yeah. The Pentagon Papers he brings to the New York Times. New York Times publishes it. Oh, my God, we see that Richard Nixon is lying once again. He said he was going to get us out of the war in Vietnam. 68, he gets elected on that against Hubert Humphrey and George Wallace. And it turns out he's engaging in a secret war in Laos and Cambodia and expanding the war. Right. 55,000 dead, not all under his watch, but so many others injured. And we say, Daniel Ellsberg, thank God you let us know what was going on, because without that, we wouldn't. And they were going to give him 100 years, Democrats and Republicans. Get the firing squad. Ask him if he wants a cigar, cigarette, Tipperillo. Uh, don't even cover his eyes. No eye patches at all. Just shoot him right in the head and say, yeah. yo, no, 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 well, no. Well, let's, let's look at the, what this document shows that the South Koreans are involved in providing artillery shells for Ukraine. I'm in favor of that. I think that's a great thing. Yeah, but they were resisting. No. Well, they were keeping it a secret from their own people yep. and from us and from the whole world. That's kind of an that's kind of a piece of information. I know maybe the for political reasons the South Koreans want to keep that private and quiet. I just don't know if that was in the interest of the world to keep it quiet. Maybe it is something that no, everyone should know. No, no, we need to know this. Come on, you we're pouring billions and billions of dollars into the Ukraine, and we're claiming that we have allies who are assisting us, and then we see like in the case of Egypt. Backdooring us, they're going to sell missiles to Russia. No problem. We know it. We're going to allow it to happen as long as not. It's almost back back to Iran. Well, the, I mean, the problem is if other countries share intelligence with us, and then we leak like a sieve, and some twenty-one-year-old in Massachusetts 
is outing them? Are they going to continue to share information with us? That, well, that's the let's challenge. Let's face it, they will. Look, we were spying on the Chancellor of Germany. We were listening right. to her phone conversations. Uh, uh, the Israelis were spying on Bill Clinton, listening to his phone conversations with Monica well, Lewinsky. Well, that, when WikiLeaks came out, as much as everyone protested how bad it was and how much damage, no one ever said the stuff wasn't true. Right? <laughs> that's that's right. one thing they didn't say. That's right. <laughs> and boy, people were running the WikiLeaks because he was saying, yeah, send me everything you got. And there were others who were saying, well, I don't know, maybe, possibly, could be. But anyway, up next, I think a thing that we can all agree on is that Major League Baseball, the owners and operators are real horizons. We're horizons, right? Is that how you say it? Pigs. Ha, ha. Well, what's, what's, what are you trying to say? Pigs. Pigs. Yeah, uh, Horizons, right? No, they're... Uh, uh... Vance's there, because now all of a sudden as games are shortened, which was the whole idea, because they were getting very boring, uh, now they've decided, okay, we're going to jam more beer down your throat so that by the time you leave the stadium, you're drunk and going to get into a drunken driving accident. It doesn't care. As long as we send you watered-down beer for $15, you know, and... In the cup, and you would say, really? I got to take a reverse mortgage to buy this beer? Oh, that's right. We're talking Major League Baseball up next. We're fully into the season, Mets, Yankees, and all other teams. And we'll give you the results of what's happened so far with all the rule changes. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. So early in the uh, start of the Major League Baseball season, um, Anthony, they made a series of rule changes to speed up the game and encourage more hitting uh, by removing the shift. Some would say they juiced up the ball. Uh, global warming, climate change, they say now AIDS and abets the home run hitter <laughs> and hitting it out of the park. Uh, but this one rule that the piggish owners have taken uh, advantage of. It's, uh, they wanted to speed up the game. Good. Because at times it would it's go about, on for... It's about 31 minutes shorter. And, and so it's far. perfectly timed. I like it. But you used to stop right seventh inning stretch. That's it. No more beer. Correct. Now, almost to the very end, <laughs> we're going to be letting you buy beer. So by the time you leave, let's say City Field or Yankee Stadium, you're half in the bag. You even you haven't had time to sort of like work it off a bit. This is absolutely crazy. This well, is they, endangering. Well, people. they the, the thing is that they practically dislocated their own, patting themselves on the back for being concerned about their customers by not having beer sales after the seventh inning. And that's great. It made some sense. This was when, remember, there was a heightened concern, particularly in the 80s, about drunk driving. We really did a great job with it, by the way. Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, public public awareness became a much bigger thing. So now that the games are shorter, that means you've got to stop beer sales earlier, right? No, no. They said we got to make up for our beer sales by <laughs> making it later. So suddenly we used to be terribly concerned about you guys getting into accidents on the way home. We're not so concerned anymore because it means a few shekels for us. It's really outrageous. You know, a few times I went and sat with the bleacher creatures in the old Yankee Stadium that I loved. I hate this new Yankee Stadium. It's nothing but America's mall. And the bleacher creatures would start buying beers and store it under their seats. Right. 
and you would see stacks of beers. And they're not in cans or bottles. They're in paper cups, so the slightest jarring, and they get poured over. So that's how the bleacher creatures used to beat that band, you know, yeah. during the seventh inning By stretch. By the way, do you remember back in the day at Shea? At Shea, I think maybe they still have it at City Field, but I think at Shea, they would have Rheingold in a cup with the film on top. You had yes. to peel the film off. Yes. Oh, my God, was that terrible. Rheingold, that's right. Rheingold. And naturally, the Yankees initially had uh, the Ballantine Blast. Right. Uh, Ballantine. Then it was Chafer for a while. Yeah, Schaefer. Have a Schaefer is the one beer to have when you're having more than one. Like, we're catering to the luscious. Schaefer is the one beer to have when you're having more than one. But the prices then were affordable. Look at the prices now. And they watered the beer down. They watered the product down. By the well, way, I don't know about that. Don't they pour it out of the can a lot of times and pour it into a cup for you? But more importantly, what happened to being – now, it's only four teams that announced this, but I guarantee oh, you. They'll all pig out on this. They will – now that someone's taking the heat, everyone is going to go ahead and do it. Now, and let me ask you a question. As you know, a lot of beer drinkers, they're watching their weight. They don't want the calories of a regular Budweiser. Will any of them be boycotting Bud Light if it's the only light beer that's being sold in the stands? I don't know. Well, as you know, about a third of the Yankee Stadium is transvestite to transsexuals most of the time anyway. <laughs> so I'm not sure it's going to be. I know transvestite's not oh a term of art. Oh, my God. I've got to be careful. All the attention. Hey, Bud Light wants to have a transgender person, you know, promoting their beer. Who the hell cares? I'm with you. I'm with, by the way, let's take a look at what the actual thing was. They've got these influencers, so they made a special camp. It's not like they were selling influencer beer. I mean, who cares? Oh, Honestly. we're not gonna drink Bud Light beer. Okay, but you, you know, oh, boycotts lighten up. They never, they never work. I'm, but I'm fine with it. I mean, I didn't drink Coors for many years because of their ownership. I don't, I don't do. Uh, what was it? Domino's had a controversial owner. I, that's fine. If you care enough and you don't want to support, don't do it. Wait but, a second. You didn't drink Coors? Were you boycotting Kid Rock who used to promote Coors beer you, all the time? You forget it. There were, you know, one of the reasons why Bud Light is doing this relationship with this with this person is they have a big following in the gay community because of the Coors Light yeah, boycott of the 80s. They do. And the, and, and because the, they were fundamentalists, holy rollers. Right, who were, who were sponsoring anti-gay referendum in, in Colorado at the yeah. time. Yeah, so, so go, go ahead, knock yourselves out. Go crazy. Out. Go crazy. How crazy is it? His kid rock. Oh, I'm going to get an AK-47 shoot yeah. yeah, up that's, cases. That's, that's somebody overcompensating for something, but I you think. you know, the Lushes would have said, couldn't you have done it when we were there and we would have let the, the beer cascade into our mouths? Because yeah, a, a lot of people a lot of people are like, does this mean I get a discount on Bud Light now? I'll buy two cases. <laughs> uh, the Clydesdales, are they protesting? Are they refusing to pull the wagons of Anheuser-Busch? In St. Louis, or are they more in fear of getting caught up in a drive-by shooting in St. Louis, which per capita per person has the highest violent crime rate in America now? Anyway, up next, it's Rob Astorino who's been warming up in the bullpen.